Hello, I'm Erica Lacasse, and this is the Messy Messianic Mama Podcast. Today we'll be talking about what can you delegate. Stick around for some hope healing and maybe even some laughs. Welcome to another Messy Messianic Mama podcast. Today is the 17th of January, 2022. I hope you all are safe and healthy in your homes. I know where we live, there is a storm warning to the west of us. They're actually getting snow uh, where we live. We, we got rain. So, of course, there's a threat of ice. We typically have more ice storms than anything else, and uh, which is unfortunate because my children were definitely hoping for snow. But I also hope that you are having a good Martin Luther King Jr. Day to start you off on this day. I think it's important to not simply just be thankful that you have a day off. If you do, I do myself because I work for a school. My children have the day off. But I think it's important for us to kind of delve into why is this day a national holiday? And just to learn anything and everything new. A lot of times I'll have my kids and I watch a movie that has to do with what's going on or why we have this particular holiday. Um, to start you off, if you want to write these little quotes down from Martin Luther King Jr., I think they're all really great. The first one is, in the end, we'll remember not the words of our enemies, but the silence of our friends. Another one is, freedom is never voluntarily given by the oppressor. It must be demanded by the oppressed. Or we must learn to live together as brothers or perish together as fools. How about this one? The time is always right to do what is right. I've decided to stick with love. Hate is too great a burden to bear. Those are just a few quotes from Martin Luther King Jr. He was not a perfect person. And I, uh, I really don't like it when people basically go back into the history of all these men and, and instead of remembering them for the good things that they've done, they simply focus on the bad thing they, things that they have done. But um, I think it's important to remember all the good that he did for this country and this nation. And um, just remember that today as you go about your day. The Torah portion for this week is called Yitro, which in English is Jethro. This is the time of Exodus, where Jethro, Moses' father-in-law, comes back and he gives him a lot of really good advice. And that's actually what this episode is about, talking about what can you delegate, which I know is kind of like, man, that sounds like a really dry conversation that we would be having this week. But I think it's so important. So the Torah portion this week is Exodus chapter 18, 1 to chapter 20, verse 23. And then we have the half Torah portion, which is Isaiah chapter 6, 1 to chapter 7, verse 6. We also have chapter 9, verse 5 and 6. And then the Brit Hadashah, which is Matthew chapter 19, verses 16 to 26. Once again, like I do every single week, get in your word, guys. And if you can't think of something, go to the Torah portion. The Torah portion is always a really great place to start. And then continue on from there. Don't just leave it at the Torah portion. There's so much more in the word that we can get and glean from, that it's important for us to, to just dive into the word, word every single week. But I'm actually going to read to you a portion of the Torah portion this week because it has to do with delegation. And I'll, um, I'm going to go ahead and read it and then we'll start talking about it. So I'm going to read Exodus chapter 18 to 
13, verse 13, I should say, chapter 18, verse 13. And then I think we're going to read all the way to 26. Okay. So as you know, I read Tree of Life version. So if you'd like to, hopefully you'll, you'll take a moment and actually read along with me. If not, you're welcome to just listen. So chapter 18, verse 13. The next day, Moses sat to judge the people, and they stood around Moses from morning till evening. When Moses' father-in-law saw all that he did for the people, he said, What's this you're doing to the people? Why sit by yourself alone with all the people standing around from morning until evening? Moses answered his father-in-law, It's because the people come to me to inquire of God. When they have an issue, it comes to me, and I judge between a man and his neighbor. So I make them understand God's statutes and his laws. I'm going to pause there. Obviously, what he's doing is not a bad thing, but Jethro has a better plan. So we'll continue reading on verse 17. But Moses' father-in-law said to him, what you're doing is no good. You will surely wear yourself out, as well as these people who are with you, because the task is too heavy for you. You cannot do it alone by yourself. Now listen to my voice. I will give you advice and may God be with you. You represent the people before God and bring their cases to God. Enlighten them as to the statutes and the laws and show them the way by which they must walk and the work they must do. But you should seek out capable men out of all the people, men who fear God, men of truth, who hate bribery. Appoint them to be rulers over thousands, hundreds, fifties, and tens. Let them judge the people all the time. Then let every major case be brought to you. But every minor case, they can judge for themselves. Make it easier for yourself as they bear the burden with you. If you do this thing as God commands, so commands you, then you'll be able to endure, and all these people will go to their places in Shalom. So Moses listened to his father-in-law and did everything he said. Moses chose capable men out of all Israel and made them heads over the people, rulers of thousands, hundreds, fifties, and tens. They judged the people all the time, the hard cases they brought to Moses, but every small matter they judged themselves. Then Moses let his father-in-law depart, and he went on his own way to his own land. That right there shows you, one, Jethro was a man of wisdom, but two, also exactly how we are to delegate our own lives. Now, obviously, like, the first thought that came to mind when I read that was, my husband and I are now the congregational leaders of our congregation, and we have some great leaders in our congregation But because we've just started, we can make the mistake of simply trying to do everything on our own. For example, um, I'm in charge of Oneg right now, which still doesn't really make sense to me because most of the food I can't even touch. So it was very difficult for me and very stressful for me where I was trying to take care of everything and just simply have some people underneath me who are able to... um, mess with the food if they needed to, or, or bring the food and prep the food and set up for Oneg and, and clean up for Oneg. For those of you who don't know what Oneg is, it's basically like a potluck we have after every um, time we meet on Saturdays after our congregation has had um, our time of, of worship. And um, my husband has, has given his word and, um, or the word of the Lord that God has given him. And we go over to the building next over over uh next to the building that we have all of our services in and we have oneg and we have a potluck everybody's to bring their own food and it's a great time of actually fellowship and time to really talk and get to know one another and i just love it but 
I was having a really hard time delegating. I was having a hard time finding the right people or even knowing what to do. And one of the things I know I discussed this last week is we went to this leadership conference, this rabbi's conference um, in Florida a couple weeks ago, and it was a great time. And I was able to pick the brains for lack of a better term um, of a lot of these different leaders and the wives too, and say, how do I, how should I go about doing this? And um, Ellie Sumner was very helpful. Hopefully I said her name correctly saying, you know, we have Oneg teams, which we do as well, but each team, each person who's in charge of the team is the one who's in charge of the, the people they have working underneath them. And then you don't really have to do that much. So basically she was teaching me how to delegate. So not only did I have somebody who basically was kind of mentoring me in this area of, I wasn't really sure what to do, but then she showed me how to properly delegate kind of like Jethro was doing for Moses and say, Hey, this is what you should do. It's not good for you to do everything yourself. Now, I'm sure you're thinking, Erica, what in the world does that have to do with me? I'm not necessarily, you know, I'm not a congregational leader, as I'm sure most of you aren't. Okay, what's your what's your bubble of influence? Where Where is your influence at? If you are a mother, where's your influence? Your children. Um, I know a lot of friends of mine uh, have chosen to take on the job of mother so seriously to the point where they don't delegate anything. They do everything for their children because they feel like that's what they should do as a mother. I'm going to tell you right now, that's wrong. It's not biblical and you're setting your own children up for failure. And I know that that's pretty, you know, a strong stance for me to to have, but I'm telling you, and I've seen it time and time again, you're setting your children up for failure. Um, A lot of people are really surprised when they learn um, that my husband and I Our children, we go by the Dave Ramsey uh, kind of platform. I don't really know exactly what to call it, but his stance on it is, you know, you don't pay your children allowance for doing chores. You pay them a commission, which I enjoy a lot better. You're basically setting up your children to learn how to work in a job. So if your children don't do their job um, and they're at a, say they work at Walmart and they're not doing the job they're being paid to do, what happens? They get fired. So at home, we don't fire our children. However, if they do not get the chores done that they're supposed to do each day of the week on the day that they're supposed to do, they don't get paid for those chores. Now, it's a whole lot more work on our end because we have to, one, actually keep on track of what it is that they're doing throughout the house. And then, <laughs> and then two, actually remember to pay them on the correct day, which can be very uh, difficult for us. However, it's teaching them and training them how the workplace works. You do not get paid for a job that you do not do. And so we're teaching our children diligently, not only in the word, but also in everyday lives and everyday circumstances. The other thing we do is each of our children has one night where they are required to make the dinner meal for the whole family. And some of them, I know I've talked about this, some of them are great at it. Some of them are not super excited about it, but you know what? They get it done. Because if one, if they don't, they don't get paid for it. But two, why wouldn't you want your own children to know how to cook? If your children don't know how to cook at a young age, or even as teenagers, when they leave your home, you're setting them up to one, not even be able to eat nutritiously because you know they're going to go out and eat a bunch of junk that they can eat as quickly as possible. And two, they won't be able to actually provide for their family when, you know, thick, you know, 
There are times where you can't buy all that processed stuff and you need to make things from scratch. For me, I'm so thankful that my, I grew up with my grandparents and my parents in the same home. So my grandmother, while my mom and my dad were working and even my grandfather, my grandmother was home teaching my sister and I how to cook. And when my mother's home, she would as well. My grandmother teaching me how to bake. I'm so thankful I learned how to do the cooking and the baking from scratch. So yes, I can absolutely cut corners because you know, there are some nights where you just are so tired. It's like, all right, kids, we're making cereal, like have some cereal. But then there are other nights where you're like, you know what, let's, let's have a nice meal. And you know what, sometimes for a mom, it's nice to be able to delegate and say, you know what, you're going to make dinner tonight. It's your night to make dinner. And that right there is a good positive way of delegating. And that's a simple way of delegating just for somebody who's even just, you know, it's not even just a mother. You get to be a mother and you're teaching your children how to survive outside of your home. So it's good because you're teaching them new skills and new things, but you're also able to delegate so that you can have others share the load. And some parents are like, well, I don't think they should have to share the load. Do they live in the same house as you? Do they not create messes? Why in the world should you be the one or even give them the mentality that someone else will clean it up for me? Because the odds are your children are not going to grow up, leave the house and automatically be able to pay for maid servants, maid service, right? So they have to actually learn how to clean a bathroom. They have to learn how to, you know, clean the sink and, and make, wash dishes and do their own laundry. And I'm sure you're thinking, well, Erica, my kids are tiny. Okay. We started out our kids probably depending on the child, because it does depend on maturity. Our oldest started being able to help with simply even just cleaning out the dishwasher, I think when he was five or six years old. And obviously you're not like just go in the kitchen and put these things away. No, you have to put in the work and show them how to do the job. You don't just simply throw somebody into a job and say, here, go at it. Because then you're not going to be happy with the end result. Not to mention if you're talking about dishes, you're probably going to end up with a lot of broken dishes. You have to actually put in the time, parent your child, and then show them how to do whatever job it is you're having them to do. But therein, when they're older, you'll be able to delegate these other jobs so that you are not dealing with a bunch of teenagers in your house who do not know how to take care of themselves. My husband and I, when we left, we were gone for a full week. And our children did not have anyone watching them during that time. Our children, for the record, in case you don't know, 13, 14, 16, and 19. Our 19-year-old was able to watch the younger ones. We didn't have to worry about parties because why? We taught them in the way that they should go. We didn't have to worry about them not being able to cook for themselves, to clean up after themselves, to set something on fire. We didn't have to worry about those things any more than, you know, a normal parent would do per se, because we knew that we had trained them to be able to survive without us. Now, I know, especially as a mom, that's really hard because you want your kids to depend on you. But let me tell you, my children still do depend on, on me and they depend on, on their father as well. But because we chose to teach them 
early on, we are now able to delegate with bigger and bigger things. So what? You start small, right? Even when it comes to like, you know, uh, the congregation we're in, you start small when you ask somebody to do something. Why? Because one, it's kind of a testing period. You're seeing whether or not they're able to do what you've asked them to do and do it in a way that you want them to do it, right? Same thing with your kids. You don't do a huge job. You don't say, hey, six-year-old, I want you to go clean out the gutters. Because why? One, they won't be able to do that. Two, they're probably going to kill themselves. And three, you haven't taught them how to do it in the first place. You know, you do it You do it based on what that person is actually capable of doing. Like, I'm sure Moses, you know, he didn't choose a man who would not be able to rule over thousands. Maybe he chose that person to rule over the tens. You know, you show yourself approved with what you do, which is why I'm so glad that, you know, my grandfather taught me the importance of integrity. It's a lot easier for me to be able to see whether or not integrity is important to another person based on how they do things or how they react when you've asked them to help you with something. And then seeing if they follow through on what you've asked them to do. Or if you're simply having a conversation with them and see whether or not they're telling you the truth or not. Delegation is so important and key for every single person's life, even at a job. So be like, okay, well, I'm like, I'm a bagger at a grocery store. Okay, do your job so well that those that are above you see what a great work you are and then can move you up. If that's what you want to do, move you up along the ladder. If you don't do a job well, you're going to continue being at the bottom rung, right? But once you start moving up that ladder, you'll be able to delegate as well. And that helps to get keep a business running. It keeps the, the family running. It keeps the congregation running. If you cannot delegate and you have got your hands in all of the different pots, it makes it di more difficult for you to be able to, one, disciple well. Because you're not really showing them how to do things properly. You're showing them how to being, you could be a control freak. And yes, I am speaking from experience. I am a control freak. I have a hard time letting my children in my kitchen, especially when they're little. You can let a two or three-year-old in your kitchen with you helping you cook. Will your kitchen be an absolute disaster after you're done? Uh, yep, probably. But you know what? You're teaching them. One, you're teaching them how to have fun in the kitchen. Hopefully, having a good attitude is also really important as well. And two, you're teaching them a skill that they can use for the rest of their lives. That is so important. But I do want to also encourage you, you need to have a positive attitude. If you choose to have a negative attitude while you're dele delegating, those underneath you that you are delegating are not going to want to do things for you. They're not going to want to help you. You know, that's why I try to make, you know, um, a good example is our sound system guy at the congregation, I make sure every single week to tell him how appreciative we are of him because without him, we would be struggling to no end because he sets up everything. He sets up the entire service. And if we didn't have him, we would be completely lost. And it's such a, a job people don't think about because why he's in the back, nobody notices him, but it's an integral part of the service. And then I, you know, I'm trying to be really conscientious of thanking those that I've put in, in positions of power in the congregation to thank them, to let them know that they're appreciated. Because if you don't do that, sooner or later, they're going to 
find somewhere else to be appreciated. So when you delegate, don't be a tyrant. Be kind and merciful in all that you do. Now, I know that's it's kind of a short one for me, but I tell you what, it's really just something that, that God laid on my heart and, and really just was speaking to me, especially uh, on Saturday when I was at my congregation and saying, you know, this, this is how you should do it. This is, this is the right way. Keep doing it this way. And um, I'm just so thankful to those around me. So for those of you who are, are in our leadership and my children, my husband, all of you, you know, the rabbi, his wife, I'm so thankful for each and every one of you because you each taught me something different and new that I can use to implement and teach me how to properly love and delegate at the same time. Now, as we do every single week, I leave you with Numbers chapter 6, verses 24 to 27. It, it's the ironic benediction. Now, may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you his peace. Hashem Yeshua, Sashalom, in the name of Yeshua, the Prince of Peace. Amen. Have a blessed week, guys, and I hope to have you all hearing and listening next week. Please feel free to message me at messymessianicmama.com or you can email me at elmmm3 at protonmail.com. That's E is in Echo, L is in Lemur, M is in Mike, M is in Mike, M is in Mike, the number three at protonmail.com. You can also leave me a one-minute voicemail message on anchor.fm slash Erica LaCasse, and it should have a button right there to say, leave a voice message. Remember to keep it short and sweet if you have any questions or you just want to leave a nice little comment. I would love to hear from you.